and welcome to another personally responsible episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I have been maintaining over a hundred pound weight loss for so many years, at least five. I don't yeah. even know. Uh, I am. I don't know why. I went so, up many here. <laughs> so many years. So many. How many years. years have you been maintaining? <laughs> so, so many. many. So many. Uh, I am a Tiny Habits certified coach. Yes. I am a Thrive Global certified coach. Yeah. And uh, I am here today with my husband, husband. of so many, so many years. years. How many years have you been married? So many. so many. I have lost about 100 pounds and have kept it off for so, so many, many years. I <laughs> uh, kept it off for about five now. Uh, and we are here to talk about it. We this sure is are. We Only Look thin howdy the podcast with the most and you the listening audience are known as our walt super chums super chums <laughs> that's what i was going to say Sh- should we come up with a, oh, a name for our audience no there are super chums okay so yeah. we are here today with our walt super, super chums, chums. That didn't oh happen. sorry i didn't okay. know what you were trying to we do need, okay we need to be personally responsible for this poor opening sorry yeah. everybody oh yeah no we are personally responsible for all we are of of this yeah for if good, you like it we are if we're not Ill. if we're not today you can blame it on someone else can't you donald yeah i'd rather not not blame <laughs> i'd like to take responsibility for okay. our actions uh we welcome to the third part of a three-part extravaganza. We have saved the best for last. We have. And uh, we are uh, going down a list of questions by uh, artist, artist, <laughs> <laughs> author, <laughs> JoLynn Brawley. And it's only occurring to me right now, I've been saying Brawley, it could be Braley, like Bailey. Hmm. But uh, uh, anyway, there's no W in it. Uh, and she wrote an article that I found, Catherine found, on yourtango.com. Mytango.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not not my tango, your tango. Uh, called 15 Questions to Ask Yourself Before Starting Your Weight Loss That's Journey. That's a lot of questions it's to ask lot, before you questions. do anything. I mean, and the questions, you know, if it was if it was very simple, straightforward questions like, you know, what? sort of shoes yeah. should you have i don't know what that, vegetables do you like what vegetables do you like yeah those are a little easier than the than the sort of deep far far ranging questions um and we went through the first 10 of them and made them our own put our spin on it did did our we only look thing to it only look thing our only look thin thing <laughs> to it um and uh you can go back and listen to those two episodes uh, if you haven't already or even if you had you still can listen to them again we're going to take you home with the final five questions from the article and you know we will probably repeat this but i think it, it would be better if this had been phrased like 15 questions to Keep asking yourself Consider as you're doing this yeah. because these are a lot of these are huge sweeping things that that are really hard to, you know, figure out before you even start. Right. Like <laughs> have have you figured out the how to battle the ennui of existence? Like yeah. that's a big question. Yeah. Figure that out before you start. <laughs> before you start on your journey to to defeat ennui. Well, and I've said I think I said this on a previous episode where I'm I'm listening to an audiobook right now and I I just want suggestions of what to do. I don't want data for another 
you know, 300 pages. It's right. like, and based on this information, you can go step outside. It's a, it's about being outside in nature. Yeah, but, I've read several uh, self-help books that, that spend the first 90% of the book setting up and then yeah. they give you the actionable advice at the at the end. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a data person. I'm wondering if Donald would love all the data presented in this book. But I'm like, okay, I get it. There's been research done. So do I stand outside or do I stay inside? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tell me where to go, what to do, and I'll do it. Yeah. So as Donald said, you know, when I started this venture, yeah. uh, trademark. It's actually not. We should probably <laughs> trademark it. Yeah, we, um, we probably should trademark Jern Venture. Yeah. We should. Uh, but when I started this back in January of 2016, the only question I had in my mind was, how can I get my pants to not rip? And yeah. like, ha, 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 it's been all these years later. But that was the only thing I was concerned about. And it honestly wasn't until about six months into losing weight that I even realized I had bigger issues to deal with. I was just like, okay, stick to your calories. Don't give up. Like, keep going, keep going, keep going. But there's so much more that goes into creating a sustainable and healthy lifestyle. So again, uh, the author suggest the artist. The artist. Formerly known oh, as the author. Jolyn Braley Brawley. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't tag people in our posts because yeah. they'd be horrified. Yeah. Uh, but we just ask you to keep an open mind. These aren't things that we have to solve immediately. But as you're going through this process, these are questions that we ask ourselves all the time. It's not a once you figured it out, then you have a clear conscience and can be thin forever. We still have challenges and we still have setbacks. But what has changed is that we are able to have a growth mindset and really consider our future selves Instead of just being trapped in like, well, what do I do? I don't even know. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that there is a real emphasis. Um, emphasis. Emphasis, yeah. <laughs> on, on you know, just give me the perfect foods to eat and the perfect exercise plan. And I, it, it was really eye-opening to me. And the thing that really made this a lasting weight loss for me and for Catherine has been all of these other questions that we didn't know we should be asking ourselves. And I think that's sort of why we're, we're highlighting a lot yeah, of this. Yeah, introspection is hard. Yeah. It's hard to actually yeah, admit that sure. you're sort of responsible, personally responsible for your actions. Yeah, hey, just just eat better and exercise more. Just do that. And you'll be that. free forever. Yeah, just do that. Like, why don't you just do it? Yeah, it's anyway. like Nike. Nike, hello. Hello. It's nice that you're listening. <laughs> all right, so uh, the first question is, am I taking full responsibility for, sorry, am I taking full personal responsibility for my actions and my outcomes? What do you mean that I'm responsible for my actions? And I, we're, sorry, we're doing like the, the, the middle school play, like actions are, uh, yeah, I did not think I had any problems. I thought that the entire world was against me and only if I was, uh, smarter, more wealthy, less overwhelmed, if my boss wasn't such a jerk, if I lived in a warmer climate, if I worked at home, every single thing that I used as an excuse was had nothing to do with my own responsibility for life. Yeah, for sure. And the author, uh, Jolyn uh, Brawley, says, many who are struggling with food and their weight do not like to hear this, but it is a fact 
Permanent success on your weight loss journey cannot be achieved without taking full personal responsibility for your life, your body, your behaviors, and your results. If you blame everyone and everything else, then you have no power to make changes. It's true. And that is maybe uh, the biggest, we're going to give you five gut punches today. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's something you should enjoy, question mark? Look forward to? Listen to to this on an empty stomach because you're getting gut (laughs) punches. Because those gut punches are coming. (laughs) Um, But she goes on to say, it is your responsibility to make the necessary changes to achieve what you say are your goals. And when we, you know, one by one unravel all of those excuses, we realize that it is possible. Because I mean, we've done episodes talking about like, well, if only I worked in an office, then I could lose weight. Well, if only right. I didn't have kids. Well, if only I, whatever. And no matter what, challenges are going to come our way and they come in different forms for each of us. But when I finally realized what I put in my mouth is my responsibility. Yeah. Okay, I have childhood setbacks and frightening memories of Brussels sprouts, but I've, <laughs> what, I've lived on my own since I was 18. I'm 40-something, right? In a 48, I guess, yeah. right now? Yeah, that's sure. A, that's a lot of years to still be blaming the Brussels sprouts from when I was in second grade. Yeah. I am a grown-up, and it is my time and my opportunity to take responsibility for the choices that I'm making. When we deflect our issues and we become a victim of our lives, like the author said, like the artist said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we act as a victim in our lives, we are taking away our own accountability and our own power. And, you know, I spent decades blaming everything and everyone except for myself. And I lied to myself constantly. I, I said to myself all the time, I've had such a hard day. I deserve to eat this. I've had such a hard day. I deserve to skip my workout. I it's my genetics. There's yeah. like everyone else has it easier than me. Thin people like don't have to work as hard as I do to make this happen. And it really wasn't until I realized that I had to be truly honest with myself and take responsibility that I was coming up with the constant excuses yeah. to eat treats to soothe myself and that I was using food to soothe myself. And and recognizing that and, and being honest with myself has really been one of the keys to this. Yeah. And I think one of, you know, one of the big things for me, too, was acting like a martyr and just saying that the entire world is out to get me. And if only, if only, if only. And it can be really scary to realize that you have the power to make change. And when, yeah. and a lot of times when we start acknowledging that, it feels like we have to fix everything at once because, oh, gosh, this is all me. I'm the problem. It's me. Right. Uh, that's Taylor Swift. Look, I made a modern reference, oh, everybody. Man. You know, see, and I'm so out of touch, I didn't even catch it. <laughs> I saw it on TikTok on uh, on YouTube or something like that. Yeah, One of those. the, the TikTubes. <laughs> Ew. That sounds gross. But when you realize it's about you, you know, it's scary. But once we realize we don't have to fix it all at once, we can break it down into small, sustainable habits that will help us become the people that we want to be. Absolutely. All right. Why don't you give us our next question, darling? Okay. So the next question is, how do I feel about the weight loss journey I'm about to start? And 
any time I had asked myself that question, I would say I hate it. Yeah. And it's not fair. I want nothing to do with no, it. No, <laughs> I hate it. And I'm just going to, you know, try to, you know, plow through it and I'll just lose 10 pounds a week for the next 10 weeks and then I'll be at my goal weight and that'll be fine and then I can go back to the real me. Yeah, I, I would rather do virtually anything else than than worry about my weight loss and fitness journey. And I think that's part of the reason that I came up with all of those excuses we talked about uh, under question one. Like I wanted permission to be able to just throw my hands up and, and do nothing because that's what I actually wanted to do. Well, and part of me too, I know that there were times when I would do something because I felt like I should do it, like working out with a personal trainer. And I almost wanted to prove him wrong like well this isn't gonna work like right. well, i mean and you know eating 1200 calories was not really the best thing no. for me um so maybe it wasn't right in the first place but when we you know cross our arms and just say this isn't gonna work or this sucks then it's not going to be great yeah that is not jolyn brawley's uh, no. uh take on the question um what what the her question behind the question is um, think about your emotions and not your rational thoughts about this and, and really ask yourself like, are what is what you're about to do something that you're going to hate? And she says, you cannot enjoy the outcome of a journey that you despise. And I actually do think that is a really good yeah. point. I would rephrase it, however, to say, um, it's really difficult to stay on a path that you despise. Yeah. So if you're about to, what my takeaway from this is, if you're about to start a diet and you are about to cut out, you know, a bunch of foods that you love and, and you feel like you're going into hyper restrictive mode and you feel like you're you're cutting all fun and enjoyment out of your life, then you're probably about to embark on a plan that's not going to ultimately work for you because you won't be able to stay on it. Yeah. If you just constantly despise what you're doing, it's really difficult to keep going. Well, and that's sort of what the tiny habits method is. Uh, BJ Fogg, uh, author of Tiny Habits, talks about making small changes based on observations that you can make about your own life that are not healthful. And sure, I started tracking calories. When I started this journey, I still, years later in maintenance, I still track my calories. Yep. But when you focus on sort of the identity that you would like to cultivate and you know at first i like i would like to cultivate the p person who weighs 145 pounds like i want <laughs> like because that's a feeling right like being 45 145 pounds but when you actually observe the things that you're doing that don't make you feel good and start making changes from there how could i feel better well, I would probably feel better if I wasn't drinking every night. I would probably feel better if I wasn't stuffing myself with chips every night. I would probably feel better if I got off the couch a little bit more. And when you start imagining feeling more confident, not having heartburn every night, sleeping better, being in a position where you're not thinking about deprivation, but rather what you can add to your life, you're changing your identity to be in control and empowering yourself instead of, oh gosh, everybody else gets to have fun and I don't get to have any fun. We are responsible for ourselves. Item one from the beginning of this episode, <laughs> if you go back to that. Yeah, all the way back to the beginning. But we're making small investments in ourselves. And when you can think about it that way, like I didn't think, okay, you know, January 2016, I'm going on a lifelong journey venture. But what I did was, what can I do right now? 
what can I commit to right now based on this season? And when we take it in small increments instead of, oh, I'm never going to be able to do everything forever. Like, that's that's not super sustainable, man. Yeah. And, you know, we hear people all the time who say, I know what to do. I just need to get myself to do it. Burn. and here's here's the bad news. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those people saying that to yourself, then you don't actually know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> because what what you need to do are do the things that you can get yourself to do right now. Yeah. Start there and move forward. It it's not about like going from where you are to jumping in feet first to something that you feel like you have to do. Like, you know, you're going to the gym every day, you're cutting down to a thousand calories every day, you know, do what you can do right now. That is how you get going. And that is how you get this started. Right. We can't control the outcomes, but we can control our behaviors, our actions, our mindset and our habits. All right. The next question is, what is my daily practice for feeding my mind before feeding my body? And, you know, for my taste, that's a little bit woo-woo. Um, but, uh, you know... <laughs> Feed your mind and the <laughs> Fantastic. Sorry, that didn't go well. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, no, it's a that's a classic, classic <laughs> song from the something band. I don't remember. <laughs> the something band. I don't remember right now. Um but she goes on to say, feed your mind daily. You know, and I, I do I do like this idea overall. Feed your mind daily, although I might cut out the, the daily part with as much as, as possible. Feed your mind with the positive, the healthy, the empowering messages, emotions, and visions that are in alignment with your weight loss and fitness goals. And you know, Catherine says all the time, you can't hate yourself thin. And, and I like to add, you can't beat yourself up to a better you. Yeah. And and this is about about you know talking to yourself in a positive growth mindset way and about surrounding yourself with positive growth mindset messages. You know, the podcasts you listen to, the people that you're around, the videos that you watch about about really believing in yourself that you can do it because again, this is another key that I never thought was part of this. You know, I used to tell myself all the time that I just wasn't capable of doing it until I figured out that I was. I just needed to adjust my 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 outlook on all of it. Well, and two, what I love about this last time June venture is that I really embraced reaching out to other resources to give me different perspectives. Because even when I don't agree with someone else's perspective, it gives me greater clarity on what I what does resonate with me. So like Donald said, we become the kind of people we're going to be based on who we're surrounding ourselves with. The books we listen to, the podcasts we read, the you know, the podcasts we read, transcripts <laughs> we read. Um, but the, the way we unwind, the groups that we spend our time with, our online presence, the people that we follow, if we're following people that make us feel bad, listening to news that makes us feel fatalistic, we're not, anyway, that's a whole other story. But if you can take a little bit of time each day to consider how you can add a little bit of inspiration, motivation, motivation or new you know ways to think about things into your daily life you're staying present in the kind of person that you want to be if you surround yourself with people who go to trivia night every night and have you know burgers and nachos and beer yeah that's and that is your daily life that is what you're perpetuating so it's kind of it can be really hard to pull back and realize that maybe the things that you're surrounding yourselves with aren't supporting your habits which again 
plug for Walt Place. Wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> being in a community of people who have similar goals and showing up there and staying present is really important. Finding clubs uh, in your community that you can join that support your activities. Finding podcasts and books that support your activities unfollowing things that bring you down. It really does matter in pushing you or, you know, pointing you in the the right direction toward a uh, healthy mindset. And and when you're telling yourself you can't do it, I would ask you to remember all of the very hard things that you have accomplished in your life and remember that you are capable of, of hard things and give yourself credit for those accomplishments and know that you are capable of doing more because uh, you know, I used to dismiss a lot of the things that I, I have accomplished and and say to myself, well, anybody could do that. And and it's just, you know, it, it is in a sense true because probably anybody could, but you have to tell yourself that you can do this in order to be able to do it. Well, and it, it gets bad. It all comes back around. Again, if you just keep saying, well, pos- positivity is for suckers. I'm not, that's not my problem. I just right. have a then okay well how is that working for you how is that mindset working for you i again it took me until after i was 40 years old to realize that i had an issue with my own mindset and my own self advocation okay here we are at number 4 and this one i think donald felt very personally attacked uh, yeah this one this one attacks me you know and i've never heard it's it phrased i've never heard this phrased this way but it but it describes me perfectly exactly okay so here we go number 4 is food my number one fun? Oh. Yeah. And it can be really difficult to be honest with yourself about this one. But this one is is me. Like I, food is my number one fun. It is the thing I find the most fun in life is food. <laughs> I've worked really hard over my lifetime to try and incorporate food into every activity. And it is my first thought when I'm invited to do anything. I think, is there going to be food there? Will I have an opportunity to indulge in it? Can I use this as an excuse to eat as much food as possible? And and how am I going to twist the situation <laughs> to make it an excuse to eat as much food as possible? Well, but food is a celebration. People connect over lunch and dinner and, you know, game nights with beer and pizza and whatever. Yeah. And it is a social activity. And I know that there are some schools of thought of food is nourishment and that is all and that's what I use it for. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure, Dan. But we love food. And the way we can kind of turn this around is figuring out how we can still enjoy the things that we like in a strategic way way. Because we did an episode called 365 Surprises. And if every day is a surprise celebration of, you know, bagels and tacos and game nights and all of that, we become the kind of people we're going to be based on the evidence of our behavior. And if our behavior is 365 days of just eating for fun, we're not going to get the results we say we want. And, and for me, and and I think for many, you know, it, it is a really vicious circle. When food is your fun, you want to have fun. So you you find a way to eat the food. Then you gain weight. You feel worse about your life in general. Right. And you feel shame. And so it makes you want to have fun. And food is your fun. Yeah. So you eat more food. 
And the whole circle starts over again. Well, and then for me, it got to the point where I had gained so much weight that I was embarrassed to go out with people. So I would just eat to self-soothe because I was ashamed of going out in public. And it can be really hard when we have relationships built on certain like food activities. So if it's a tradition to... Now, I don't know why I'm attacking pizza. It's one of nature's most perfect foods. <laughs> um, nature's most perfect food, the pizza. The pizza. Um, Designed <laughs> by Mother Nature herself. Hey, man, it's all ingredients from Earth. <laughs> That's right. So it's kind of like paleo? Sure. sure I don't know. I don't know. But when our... Our traditions are, oh, we hang out and we go out for brunch or we go out, you know, for the food truck night or the brew pub or the pizza night. When we are focused on that, it can be really difficult to transition away from that and and convince other people to not do that. Uh, Last week, we went out with – we met some friends who we hadn't seen in a really long time and we met at a brewery. Yeah. And – it is, you know, it's all beer and sandwiches and chips and all we of that. We ended up hanging out there for close to six hours. <laughs> yeah, and I had I had a, a half of a beer and a Coke, I think, is what I ended up yeah, with. Yeah, you were a champ. I had I had half of a, a veggie burger and some fries and two beers, if we're being totally honest. But that's not horrible for six hours of being there. No, but, you know, our friends... All are, okay, where are we meeting for a beer? Where are we meeting for brunch? Where are we meeting for food? And it can be really hard to be the person who's like, hey, guys, why don't we go on a hike? (laughs) And be like, So if we're looking, you know, so the question is, what do I do now? Because I'm not going to have any friends left. Is in terms of considering some solutions to this, maybe consider occasionally, every fourth get-together, hey, it's a nice day. Why don't we go for a walk to the coffee shop instead of going out for beer tonight? Yeah. Hey, do you want to take a class at the local community college with me? I don't know why my voice goes up. I can't go up more octaves than I already am. But (laughs) instead of brunch, go for a walk at the beach, take an in-person class, go to a museum, explore a new neighborhood. Donald and I actually, before the pandemic, we started checking out coffee shops in neighborhoods that we hadn't been to. We looked at like the top 10 coffee shops in Los Angeles and then made a point to try to uh, explore them. Uh, instead of exploring the food choices in the neighborhood. Yeah, and and if you are going to go um, and be involved with activities that are uh, involve food, then uh, you know one of the things that I've really had to do, and I, I still work on, is adjusting my mindset about it and, yeah. and realizing that I can go to these activities and I can have some of the food and enjoy it in moderation instead of thinking of it as as an opportunity to eat as yeah. much as I possibly can and enjoy as I possibly can. And there's this sort of like this mentality sometimes that I have, and I'm sure others do, of this is the, my last chance. Right. <laughs> and then more chances come up all the time. But it's sort of like, well, if I'm going to do it, I may as well yeah. like, really do it. And and getting over over those ideas and realizing that I still can go there, I can have, you know, half of the veggie burger instead of the whole thing. Like, I don't have to eat all of the fries on my plate. I don't have to have, you know, I can have two beers instead of four. Like, you know, it, it just 
work on not you know not packing in as much food into the time as possible that has been really helpful for me right i used to think that you know like well i could make a salad at home so i'm not going to have a salad not that you have to have a salad but <laughs> yeah. you know if you make every day a celebration and a food based celebration we tend to isolate them and go like well but it was jenny's birthday or it was whatever right. like and then you realize that 300 out of 365 days are celebration days we're not going to get the results that we say that we want and having policies about food swapping things out. If I'm focusing on alcohol, I'm not going to focus on sweets that day, making policies about when you have certain treats and pairing. We've done many episodes. How many episodes? 260-something, Don? 60-something, yes. 60-something. But we have an opportunity to still enjoy the things that we want to kind of bring this full circle, but decide strategically when we're going to have them and be, instead of being a victim to all of the food around us, making it so that we can work it in without feeling like we're failing. Yes, indeed. Are you going to bring us home, Donald? I am going to bring us home. Well, you and I are already home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh dad jokes. Everyone loves them. All right. um, the, The final question of 15, five for this episode is, what specifically am I doing to heal and release my emotional eating and any other unhealthy eating behaviors? That's a... <laughs> and I'm laughing a little bit. That is so much to unpack before starting I'm gonna on, release your, it. on your path. I'm going to release it like I released I, Dobermans I'm... in the night. <laughs> Sorry. You, you released the hounds <laughs> on the ground of your estate. On my estate, yeah. To chase off solicitors. <laughs> Ooh, I found very fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you Sure did. Um, I I think that this is this is so much to try and unpack before you even start. But I I do. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> is no. what I say to this question. Bringing that one back. Um, I, I but I do think, in fairness, that I I think it is really a great idea to to, to be exa- fair. <laughs> to be fair. To examine. Sorry, we're watching a TV show where they keep saying "to be fair" with a fancy accent. Um, that it is important to keep in mind um, that your specific behaviors, like, and how you are dealing with all of these things. Now, when I started, I just wanted to figure out, you know, how to add exercise and how to eat less and, like, what to track, etc. But over the course of doing this, it has been really important to me to try and deal with my emotional eating I'm, and my other eating behaviors. When you started out, you actually, your first thought was, um, what is the purpose of living? I think is what you said. If we're, why should if we're, I bother why living? Should I bother? Was living? really the first yeah. thought. How yeah. do I defeat the ennui of knowing <laughs> that the you know moral toil is, is oh, something yeah. like that? No, no. I was definitely I was definitely one of those people who like <laughs> like you know when asked about my my emotions, like how am I feeling about this journey? Was I feel terrible? <laughs> I don't want to do. Sorry it. to I like I started looking at Donald and couldn't change my face. I was like. Like, what are you talking? I want to figure out how to figure out fitness. No, you didn't even want to walk towards I was school. Well, I'm, I'm saying like, for, I was, you know, I was, I was jumping to the Later. point. I was jumping to the point where I actually, you know, kind of got started actually, you know, doing healthy habits. Um, but my, Sorry. my first thought in the very first second was, this is the worst thing ever. Don't make me do it. Um, but 
as I've been going along, um, trying to get to the root and really dealing with the, the sources of my emotional eating and binge eating and, and the other things that, that uh, I've been engaged in, secret eating, has really been instrumental in doing this. And, and I think it's a very high-level problem. It takes a lot of work, and some of it may involve professional help. Yeah. But I, I think that it, it is important to realize that these are um, symptoms and these are things that you really should try and get to the root of. And, and it's not just about, as we've said throughout this episode, it's not just about figuring out the right exercise and diet plan to be on, but it's going to be really hard to accomplish a long-term goal if you're, if you're not dealing with the causes of, of your bigger uh, eating problems. Right. So um, I think in a previous episode that we said, we said that she said uh, <laughs> that weight is a symptom of our actions. And again, I didn't know for the first 40 years uh, and six months of my life that I had an issue with boundaries. I had 40 an issue- years, six months, yeah. four days, 13 hours. <laughs> yeah, 40 passive years yeah. and then six months of not realizing that it was a problem. But like, just be open to the idea. Again, this isn't You've got to fix all of this before you do anything, but that your boundaries matter with people and with food, your environment matters, your home, your work, your friends, your family, the food you keep in your car, the food that you keep on your counters, that all matters. The stressors that you have in your life and how you deal with them, the unknowns, your coping mechanisms, and your identity all factor in. There's probably some more stuff too, but there is a lot to unpack. And one of the things that she says in the article is once you figure it all out, you'll be free for weight loss forever, which again, Donald sees this more metaphorically than I do. Yeah. But for me, please know that it is a constant maintenance. Like maintenance isn't a passive word. It is a an active verb of continually addressing my boundaries, addressing my stressors, noticing when I slip back into behaviors that are unhelpful, going back to stress eating instead of managing my stressors in different ways. And But being just aware that all of these things affect our ability to manage our weight at least lets us know that we're not a victim to the world, that we have the opportunity to take action and to reassess and evaluate and adjust as we go along. I used to have the identity of a victim. I was overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, Polish. It was my genetics. You know, if only I didn't work so much, if only I had more money, if only I wasn't a mom, if only I didn't have to go to college, then I could lose weight. And when we put it as a mirage in the future, if only or when this happens, then I'll be able to, then I'll be able to. We're never going to get there. It's a mirage. But when we see that we can take action based on our circumstances and ask ourselves these these questions and then finally ask ourselves, okay, so what am I willing to do about it in each moment? That's where the real power comes from. And we are not just about calories. We are not just about getting in steps. We're about working on the biggest muscle. Is the brain a muscle? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oregon, our skin. In this case, it is the largest. (laughs) 
the largest <laughs> organ, the skin. Gross. Uh, no, your brain. Your brain. Uh, but once we realize that so much of this is about mindset and we own that as part of our journey, that's where the real magic happens. Absolutely. And uh, even more magic happens when you listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for doing it. And I hope that you've realized after we've asked you these 15 questions that it's all so simple. It's, it's so simple. Just ask and answer 15 questions. <laughs> and now you're on your way. Um, but uh, thank you very much. That's why we've uh, done 260 plus episodes of this uh, because it uh, there's so much to unpack and it just keeps going. And you can find all of our episodes wherever you found this one and also anytime on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, click on that link for join our support group to find out more about Walt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is our Facebook-based accountability group for women. It is not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for support and for accountability. We have uh, Zoom meetings and we've got a a group of women who are on a common path with different weight loss methods, but all pointed in the same direction of making their lives better. So we have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. Absolutely. So please check it out. And also you can interact with us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. And we're pretty soon we're coming to the TikTube. The TikTok. <laughs> that sounds so much worse. It's like so tic- gross. TikTok would be so much worse sounding if it was TikTube. Um, also, you can send us an email uh, to our email address at we only oh, not at we only look thin at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us episode suggestions. We would appreciate that. We've turned many listener uh, emails into episodes. Uh, you can ask us questions. A listener just uh, recently asked me a question about rebounders, which I answered. Um, you can also uh, send us uh, compliments, uh, and uh, we will eventually get back to you with answers to questions. And if you have a couple of extra minutes to spare, head on over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it let us know that what we're doing is making a difference, but it also helps new listeners find our podcast when they are looking for super cool podcasts like ours. Absolutely. And our podcast is super cool. And another thing you can do is tell somebody face-to-face how super cool we are or on the telephone if you do that. Or you could text them. Or if you're in an online group uh, and it comes up, you can say, hey, there's a super cool podcast that (laughs) we know of. It's funny. As an introvert saying face-to-face, I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's a a little much (laughs) face-to-face. But if you are uh, somewhere and it comes up and you feel like somebody might enjoy our show, please give us a shout out. We would appreciate it. Yep. So if you're still gobsmacked that I'm not sure whether the brain is a muscle or an organ, (laughs) just remember that Donald and I are an inspiration. Muscular organ? The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. 
You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 